What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the Boston Three Party. I know it's been a while since we've checked in. I think the last time was uh, after game four. Obviously, since then, the Celtics dropped a couple in a row, and uh, now we're into the offseason. So we're going to get into that a little bit, but we wanted to start off with something a little bit more fun and lighthearted. Uh, we got the uh, usual guys here, myself, Gio, and Tori. So we're going to start with some NBA Would You Rathers. So the first one uh, that we have is, would you rather have Katie's skill or Giannis's physicality? One of you would like to give your opinion on that. Um, Katie's skill, for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I mean, the only time we've seen a prolific score like Kevin Durant is Michael Jordan. And, mm-hmm. Like, see, Katie's, I feel like Katie's the closest to scoring automatically at will, like, like Michael Jordan did. I, I get, like, you know, LeBron's, like, Giannis... He can he can basically take two steps from the half court line and dunk it, but like I don't know. I mean, if I if I'm out there on the court, I feel like uh, those those fadeaway threes and those uh, nice back down mid range shots from KD, I'd like to make those a lot more than just you know putting my nuts in somebody's face. Pause. Pause. Yeah, some one legged threes as well. Everything. Yeah, I think KD's game is definitely more like aesthetically pleasing to watch. Like as a fan, you want you know, to watch KD more than you want to watch Giannis. I don't know. That's just, like, my opinion. Um, but I do think that, like, I, I'm choosing KD's skill set as well. But I do think that, like, in today's NBA, there's not much as much physicality as there was back in the day. So, like, back in the day, Shaq was very physical like Giannis was, and it was looked at as, like, oh, like, he's so dominant. And I feel like now people are like, oh, Giannis is out of control and he's just, like, running people over. So I feel like, I feel like that's the other thing too is like being super physical in today's NBA is just looked at differently than it was or than it than it used to be. So I think in today's game, it's definitely like KD's skill set, which is like more pleasing to the eye for people to watch. So the other one that uh, we have is: Would you rather have Curry shooting or Ky- we? Me and Tori debated this between Kyrie and like Allen Iverson, whatever your preference is. But would you rather have Curry shooting or one of those guys handles? Yeah, I mean, mine's pretty easy. I'm going to take Curry shooting. I mean, yeah. I'd like to shoot anywhere on the floor and have that confidence. So I'd take him any day. I have to agree. I mean, I can't, you can't, he's, he's solidified himself as the greatest shooter of all time. And mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's come from a biased Celtics fan that loves Larry Bird, but you know, he, he, he was different, but I mean, you know, we're, we're not going to talk about that, but you know, Steph Curry after this finals, I definitely think he solidified himself to be at least, at least the at least the best shooter of all time. I don't know if he's like a lot of people are saying that they're having a hard time put him in the top ten of all time. Like, I don't really see. I can see him going over guys like. Well, I mean, it's been a long time. Like guys like Bill Russell, like John mm-hmm. Stockton and stuff. Like I feel like now is the time to where, if that list is ever going to change, Curry should be on that list for the foreseeable future. But I mean, I don't think his career will go in the tank anytime soon but you know we'll have to see yeah no i think all three of us agree again because i'll take curry shooting as well as fun it is as it is to watch a guy like Kyrie irving i don't think him being as skilled as he is and like a wizard with a ball is as impactful as curry shooting and like you guys both mentioned like curry's looked at as a lot of people have him in their top 10 now and that's probably because of his shooting obviously he does other things but like Kyrie's ability to dribble and like handle the ball doesn't put him in a top 10, no matter how good he is at it. So I guess, yeah, that is, that is very, 
like the reason why yeah, I would say Curry shooting over any of these other ones. Another yeah. interesting one is: Would you rather have John Morant's athleticism or Chris Paul's playmaking? This one I feel like is closer than the other ones that we just went over. But Chris Paul, he's just a floor general. Like I feel like it'd be really fun to be able to, because he definitely has like a sixth sense of being able to like feel like he can see the entirety of the court at all times. Like, granted, I don't think he showed in his last playoff series. Like, that was – Yeah, that was rough. I, I have no idea what happened there, to be honest. But, like, the majority of his career, he's been like that forever. So, he's been that – he's been that, you know, that passing point guard since – I think he was drafted in, what, like 2004, 2005? Something like that. Something right? like that. He's been he's been there for a while. So, you know, that, so I mean, yeah, I definitely take – Chris Paul's uh, passing over Jaws athleticism, which is, uh, I don't know if that's a hot take, but. Yeah. No, I don't think that is. At first, I was a bit torn, but I decided to also go with CP3's playmaking. Just because he'd done it for so long, it's been proven when he was back on the Hornets. And then even in the days, like the low points of like on the Thunder and carrying that team to the playoffs, like that team was not good. But he took that team true, and yeah. was a true floor general and really just showed how impressive his sixth sense that you were talking about is. So I'd have to go with that. Although Jaw is crazy to watch and what I would do for that athleticism is crazy, but to have that that brain to be able to control what's going on around you is pretty amazing. So I'd take that. Yeah. I mean I definitely argue that like as far as like a fan standpoint, Jaw's athleticism is definitely like more entertaining. Because you don't really ever hear people talk about, like, oh, I love watching Chris Paul play. Like, I'm sure there are some guys that are really into, like, the whole, like, playmaking yeah, where they, they watch Chris Paul play and they're mesmerized. But, I mean, but I do think, yeah, I mean, I'd have to as well. I mean, I kind of want to stir the pot and go with Shaw's athleticism. The only thing is it, it makes me nervous when a guy is that athletic because just longevity-wise, it doesn't usually turn out well. And – Derrick Rose did the same thing. Yeah, so. like Derrick Rose, like you're one injury away from being a completely different player. Whereas when you have the intangibles that Chris Paul has as a playmaker and as a leader, like that, you, we've seen it can last. Tory said it. He was drafted in what, like 2004? Like he's been here for so long. And so, yeah, I guess like longevity wise, you're going to go with Chris Paul. But I, the 5'9 on athletic person in me is like I want to be athletic like John Morant and I want to be able to dunk like John Morant so I'm torn on that one but I'll probably actually have to go with Chris Paul's playmaking as well um this is another interesting well I honestly looking at this one again I feel like it's not going to be that hard of a decision but I said would you rather have Marcus Smart's lockdown defense or Devin Booker's scoring ability so it really depends on if you're like an offensive minded or defensive minded guy for this one but I mean, honestly, as a well, I won't even say as a buy Celtics fan. Like Devin Booker underperformed. It we show, he, it was shown in this year's playoffs, like when it really mattered the most. Like, and Marcus Smart, in my opinion, kind of stepped up and not necessarily hit those shots, but like you know, he was that playmaker that he wasn't that he's not you know, not necessarily exactly. He's not just a playmaker. He was defensive player of the year. Like he's basically a he's a perimeter perimeter lock, but you know, he still has mm-hmm. that. Uh, capability to, to pass the ball and I wouldn't say you know it's I wouldn't say it's just as good as Chris Paul or anything like that but I think it's definitely some of the best you know you know ever just passing in the league for sure for Marcus Smart but so yeah, yeah. I definitely take Marcus Smart just overall as a player 
you know, over Devin. Um, but, yeah, I would have to say Devin Booker's scoring ability, although he didn't quite showcase it in um, in the postseason at times. In the regular season, I believe he was what first team All NBA. Yeah, he was. Yeah, mm-hmm. so showing that throughout the season, and I mean, dude can hit really any shot out there on the floor as well. Not to the same level as Steph, but dude's a shooter. So yeah. I'd have to say his ability. I'd take his shooting over Marcus Smart's defense. Although it is pretty good, but I don't know. It was tough watching the NBA Finals and seeing him switch off yeah. Steph Curry and not wanting the matchup that everybody expected. And honestly, as Celtics fans, I think we all wanted because he was our defensive player of the, player of the year. And and so that knocked me a little bit. So I'm going to go with Devin Booker scoring. Yeah, I, I think I agree with that. I think watching Devin Booker play and watching him get to his spots and just like how smoothly he plays the game and how effortless he makes it look, it's just really fun to watch. I think Smart's defense is definitely like, I feel like when you're that good at defense, you start to get like respected and like it's very fun to be able to like lock someone up like on a defensive play. It really gets the energy going. So I feel like if you had that defensive ability in that aspect, it'd be very fun. But I think overall, yeah, I would have to go with with Booker's scoring ability. But this is similar to another Would You Rather that I had written down, which would you rather win a scoring title or would you rather win defensive player of the year? This one's a little bit different, but like it's on kind of like the same thing. Like those two players are basically those things. So in 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 terms of awards, which one would you guys rather win? I'd say a scoring title, although I, I do love playing some defense. Um, I don't know, just coming in every night and putting up like 30 a game without anybody being able to stop you. I feel like that's that's one of the top achievements that you can get. Although sometimes if there's like nobody else on your team and you're putting up those numbers, it, it doesn't mean as much. But if you're a top seed and you're leading the league in scoring, then I would take that. Yeah, I'd have yeah. to I'd definitely have to agree with with Gio for sure. I mean, we still like bring it back to Michael Jordan again. He how many scoring titles did he have? I think it was seven yeah. or eight or something like that. Some got to be basically basically every year he was basically every year he won the scoring yeah. title. And like he would basically every year he'd go to the finals. So mm-hmm. basically every year the Chicago Bulls would be the first seed. So I definitely have mm-hmm. to agree with that it's I would I would prefer to have that scoring title over the over that depot. But you know, yeah, I'm gonna play devil's advocate here and i'm going to say defensive player of the year just to just to switch it up a little bit and the reason being is because i feel like so i was actually recently playing sporkle which i love playing that game uh doing like nba trivia quizzes and stuff like that i saw um, the first person i ever saw do that was king of the fourth quarter on youtube i don't know if you guys have watched him but i love watching his videos yeah and uh i so i love taking those sporkle quizzes and one that i took recently was um, like NBA scoring titles from like 1950 all the way up till recently. And I got to say, there's a lot of people on that list where, yeah, I've like maybe heard the name, but a lot of players who, who won the scoring titles in the past is like, you wouldn't expect them to win it. And it's like guys that you might not really remember the name. I feel like legacy wise, the defensive player of the year is like kind of like remembered more, I feel like. And even this year, like, I think I think Joel Embiid won the scoring title, but I mean it wasn't a big thing. But you saw, <laughs> but you saw like how how big it was when Marcus Smart won Defensive Player of the Year and how much press and coverage he got for that. So I don't know. I feel and like the other thing too is like 
not many people are looked at as all-time greats strictly because they like maybe have a scoring title or two but i feel like a lot of players are looked at as all-time greats when they have like a couple of defensive player of the years like that solidifies them as an all-time great when they have that type of accomplishment so i don't know i mean i i think having a scoring title is awesome too but i just kind of wanted to mix it up a little bit and go with defensive player of the year on that the difference this between Kobe and Jordan was uh the was uh Jordan was a defensive player of the year and Kobe wasn't necessarily true. No, that's I, a very I, good point. I feel like that's that's like when you bring that up, I'm like, oh, that kind of separates them on the list of goats. You know, it's exactly. Like, well, I'm defensive player of the year either, although he maybe should, but you know, I think yeah. he got second in voting one time. LeBron. Oh yeah, yeah. How's I think a- back in the day with his chase down blocks, I think he was like always kind of close. Yeah. Now, I mean, when he LeBron, wants to, he can yeah. defend anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The question is, does he want? To? <laughs> Even just like Bill Russell, like look at like the defense, like dominance of Bill Russell defensively. He wasn't like a great. I wouldn't say he was a great offensive player. Obviously, back in the day, he was just taller than everyone. Yeah. But like, he's looked at as an all-time great because of you know what he does on the defensive end. So that's just like one example of a player like that. But another, cool. and this one's more of a fun one. Would you rather have Boban's height or De'Aaron Fox's speed and athleticism or like quickness? That one's interesting to me. I don't know. I mean, I, I we talked about it before, Cam. I'm I'm going with Boban's height just to the pure fact yeah. that he's the most efficient NBA player of all time. Like mm-hmm. per thirty, I think I think it's per thirty or something like that. He, he's just his efficiency is insane. Like when when he touches the ball, they're either scoring or he gets an assist or something every time. So I mean, I don't know. And it's also due to the fact that he's like what seven four, seven three, so. Dude's got hands bigger than like my face. He can palm the ball like he basically can crush the basketball. Like it's kind of crazy, but I mean, you know, Darren Fox's speed. He's fast. He's fast. He's the fastest player in the league. But you know, I don't know that 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 uh that Boban height and that efficiency. I don't think I can pass that up. You know, that's true. I think I'd, I'd also take Boban height. Although the only caveat I would have is hopefully I don't get to take all that height home because I don't think I want to be seven three, seven four for the rest of my life. That's fair, yeah. Go on the basketball court, be that height, and then leave. Then Shrink down. That would, that would be nice. <laughs> the back pain. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he's got to have he's got to have some type of, like, disease that made him that tall. Because have you guys seen that, like, his parents aren't that tall? Okay. I saw something that, like, his mom is, like, like six one, and I think his dad's around that height. So, like, for him to be, like, 7'4", seven, 7'5", seven, it's yeah. just, like, there's got to be something there. A little out but, of the blue, yeah. Yeah, no, I think I'd pick Boban's side, too. Just to see, like Gio said, I wouldn't want to take that home, but just to see, like, what it would be like to be that tall and, like, the true advantages that it gives you. Just, I don't know. Yeah. Also, like, being, like, the short guy that I am, like, I've always been one of the shorter ones on the court. So, if I was already, like, a bit taller than everyone else, maybe I would take the other one, but... Being, being, you know, growing up being the shortest guy out on the court and knowing that's like a disadvantage, I'm like, I just want to know what it's like to be super tall just for once, you know. But so this one is, this one's interesting. I said, would you rather have Robert Ory's type of career or Charles Barkley type career? So Robert Ory, seven-time champ, you know, he was a good role player on all those teams. And at the end of the day, he can go home saying he's one of the most winningest players in NBA history. Or would you rather have a career like Barkley where you're an all-star, I think he has an MVP, but he can never quite get to the promised land and he's kind of like made fun of for that. 
obviously we see Shaq busting his balls all the time. But yep. so, what what type of career would you guys rather have? Uh, this one, this one's easy for me. I I'm taking Charles Barkley's career. Okay. Uh, being an MVP, saying that you were the the best player in the league for a whole season in the era of Michael Jordan, I think that's that weighs a lot. And I mean, he's well respected among his as much as they make fun of him. I don't think that a lot of them wanted to play him in his day because he he had quite the career when he was at his peak. I mean, he was competing with with uh, Jordan in the finals. So honestly, Robert Horry, like great career, seven rings, fantastic. But um, if I were a lot of those rings, he was just a role player on. So yeah. I don't hold as much value in that. And although Barkley didn't get a ring, I think just knowing that you were the best player on your team, having the best record in the league that year as well when they went to the finals, I think that you can hang your head high on that. So that's what I'm very doing. true. Yeah. I mean, personally for me, I definitely take Robert Ory's career just because winning winning rings is in my opinion is definitely the biggest uh factor of, you know, your legacy and what what that I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of there's a lot of NBA players that have been in the league that have just been really good scorers and have won a I wouldn't say won a few MVPs, but you know, they've won like an MVP or a scoring title and you know, and then in the next six years they're gone and nobody talks about them anymore, you know. And Robert Horry gets brought up all the time because he's I think he he definitely was like the role player, like ever, I would say, like in just in terms of it being a Swiss Army knife for every team that he's been on, like being that guy you can take off the bench and you know know that he's competent enough to deal with the starters, you know. So I definitely take Robert Orr's career for sure. But what about you, see That's Phil? yeah, no, that's really interesting. I I'm torn because I mean you guys both made really good points. I'm like I'm leaning towards Robert Ory's career because I have to think about it too. Like when you're just a role player, you don't have all that pressure on you. So you don't have, you know, the fans telling you this and telling you that, or you don't have, you don't go home and you're stressed out about, all right, I stopped to be great. He was a good player. He definitely had a lot of big shots. The thing that I'm questioning is obviously winning is super fun, but after like three or four championships, I wonder for him if he gets a little old and he's like, Oh, all right. Back in the finals. Like, just going to do my job. Like, and if like, after you win those, you know, three, four, five championships, if those are the ones at the end, he's kind of just like, this is almost getting kind of boring. Not that I think it would ever be boring to win a championship, okay. but, but I agree with you on that. He but I do think him. at the end, because like, think about how many good teams he was a part of and how many legends he could say he played with. Like, I think he was on like that Rockets team when they won a couple. And then he was on the Spurs dynasty, I think the early 2000s and he was also with the Lakers when it was like Kobe and Shaq so like I mean the dude was part of so many teams so many like great coaches so many great players so I think that as a career I would probably rather have as well um just as like you know not having all that pressure on you but still being able to be there and be be you know a decent part of the team so this next one is uh I'm curious about this one would you rather posterize someone or cross someone up and they fall not gonna lie, I feel like posterizing is like the utmost disrespect in terms of like you know if you're in a crowd of people at a park, like and you're you you go up and you really like put it down on somebody, like everyone's going crazy. Yeah, of course they're gonna go crazy for you know you drop somebody and you but you gotta hit the shot after. That's the thing. If you can't hit the shot after, then there's no you know. True. I mean? Yeah. So we can change it too. You cross someone up and you like hit a three or something. 
Oh well, yeah, then, yeah. Because then so, you like complete the play, but but still, yeah, you'd still go yeah. with poster. For sure, yeah, definitely. Yeah. What about if you, I had, Gio? If I had the bounce, I'd, I'd be posterizing people in summer bitty, but you know. <laughs> I'd have to go. I'm gonna go with. Um, <clears throat> I was thinking post rise, but I'm gonna go with crossing somebody up and then hitting a shot right. Well, not in their face because they're on the ground, but um, yeah, I think there's something about that. And then a little stare afterwards. I think that really just completes it. And as a chef's kiss, I think that's pretty. If you I were out Adam on the ground, on the ground, yeah, that would. That would you wouldn't take that. Yeah, no, that I don't. <laughs> I hope that wouldn't happen, but yeah, I don't know. I just don't know how I could come back from that. The memories are flooding back now from freshman basketball. Of, oh god! You remember? You remember when Adam got dropped twice? Oh wait, yeah, but like, right, in his defense, wasn't there like slipperiness on the floor? Or something? There was like water. Was, or something. It, was. it was like a BG or something like that. I'm pretty sure. Oh yeah, their court's trash. Yeah, court shit. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. I mean, this one's interesting. I think just like the 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 wanting to dunk part of me since I've been like twelve is going to choose posterizing someone, especially like I've mentioned multiple times since this podcast has started. I'm not the tallest cat, so you know, being able to get up there and poster someone would be definitely like something that, if it were to happen, would be very amazing. I've never crossed anyone up to the point where they fell, so I've done neither, but. I think I'm going to go with postering someone, especially if it's like a taller guy and you get to like point at him after I'm taking a tech. That's all I'm saying. If I ever poster someone, I'm taking the tech. I'm going to run with it. It doesn't matter. But that was an interesting one. The last one I have here is, would you rather hit the game winner for your home crowd or hit the game winner at an away game where you're getting like chirped the whole time? I, I'm going to bring up a uh, remember when Derek Rose hit that shot in and um, I think it was to send them to. I think it was to send them the second round. And oh yeah, it was. I think it was in Chicago when he hit that shot. Like I've never like I watched it. I remember watching it. Like not like live, obviously, but like on TV. Like that shit was. They, they were going crazy. Like the entire the arena like would not. They they could not be quiet, and the entire city of Chicago was going crazy. Like I don't know. I just feel like. Obviously, yeah, you know, hitting that dagger shot in front of like, you know, say say you're a guy like Katie and you're from Brooklyn and you you come to Boston and all those fans are chirping you and shit and you had a dagger to finish the game, like that's probably gonna feel pretty good. But that's definitely I feel like it's definitely more uh scenario based, especially where like you know, where, where you're going. Like in Utah, you're not really gonna I don't really know how the fans in Utah are, but I doubt <laughs> I doubt they're really like good. I don't care about Utah. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, like I don't really like what is Utah like. But fucking, um, if you're I listening from Utah, he doesn't mean it. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't mean it. I don't mean it. I don't mean it at all. But um, yeah, I definitely say you know, hitting that game winner at a home home crowd for sure. But all right, all right, Gio, what about you? I think it depends on the fan base. Honestly, if it's a really strong home fan base like the Celtics or the Warriors, then I'd want to hit it at home. But if let's just say I'm on the Orlando Magic. Then I don't know if I'm too inclined to hit a game winner at home, but if the other team is chirping away like a lot, then I don't feel like there's a better feeling. So if the if the opponent if the opposing team in that crowd is going crazy and saying really anything that comes to their mind, then any home crowd I don't care. I just want to shut them up. 
So I would yeah. go with the away. Okay. I, I, I think we're starting to like roast some fan bases here while answering this question. But uh, as uh, it, I think this all depends on if you are you rather be a hero or would you rather be a villain. As the uh, great Jason Tatum 2.0, a.k.a. Kobe Bryant, once said, uh, he loves playing in away games for the exact fact that he can, like, shut other opposing teams up and basically just absolutely trash them on their home floor. Um, so, yeah, I think it all depends. Me personally, I would definitely want to do it on, like, an away game when I was getting chirped. Say they're, like, you know, hitting me with the overrated champs or chance, and then you just can go and hit a game winner silence everyone i think that would be pretty cool um although like the game winners when they like storm the court because it's the home crowd those look pretty cool as well but i i think i would go with the away team though because that's just i don't know if you'd call that mamba mentality but it's something like that i just want to hear so, the crowd quiet that's all I yeah i want to hear them quiet that'd be fun <laughs> um so one other thing that I wanted to do for this segment was I wanted each of us to pick one player and give them like somebody else's attribute. So like I gave some examples beforehand. So I guess we can we can all kind of just go through the the guy that we have in mind. If you guys have anybody in mind. I do. Whatever all right. Do. You can hit it. Hit it with us first. Then TH, what do you got? Definitely Boban and uh, Steph Curry combined. So so Boban's hype of Curry shooting. Yeah, basically you can't stop that. He's seven four and he's he's gonna shoot over you every time, no matter what. And he's got the ball. He's got got the it's just he do got the ball on the string though, because Curry does have some good handles. Actually, no, is it would he just have Curry shooting or would he be like Curry everything? Because I originally thought it was like you pick a player but give like one attribute. We'll do like one attribute then. So we'll do like Boban McCurry. That's a, that's a that's a okay. crazy spot up corner. That's a crazy spot up corner big right there. That would be crazy, yeah. Because nobody's contesting that. That's like Brooke Lopez, but way way better. Like ten times. Also, Brooke Lopez is just not good. So I don't know. He's just not. He used to be all right. Like uh, two years ago, he was hitting like crazy deep threes for Milwaukee. I think he had like thirty five one game in the playoffs. I was like, what? Yeah, dude, that was insane. Gio, do you got a player in mind? I have a player in mind, so if you want me to go first, but so for us that can I do height? Is that fine? Yeah, you can probably yeah, no, that I think that's good too. That's an actual I did the Boban's height technically, so like yeah. yeah. Well I would do AI at LeBron height. Oh, that's a good one. That is a good one. Because like I'm assuming he would still have like the quickness as being like a six footer, but he's just LeBron's body. He's got the the basically the demigod build from 2K. I think yeah. that would be a demigod build. Yeah. That's a good one because the amount of like the one guy that I hear when people are talking about all-time greats and saying like this guy is pound for pound the best player, it's Allen Iverson. When they talk about just strictly pound for pound because the dude was five. I mean, he was listed at six foot. Let's be honest. He's probably five foot ten. Yeah. And his frame-wise, he wasn't very big. So, no, I think that's a really good one. The guy that I have in mind is I would take Luka Doncic with LeBron, like LeBron's athleticism, but I'm talking like 2007 Bron, like Bron in his first stint in Cleveland when the dude was like absolutely insane. Because I feel like, I don't know. Yeah, and I just feel like imagine Luka with like a 45-inch vertical and like the quickness that LeBron had. 
That'd be disgusting. Like, because everyone makes fun of Luca, I guess, for being, you know, they say he's fat, they say he's out of shape, they say he's slow. So imagine Luka. if like the doors that would open for him and how much better of a player he would be if like he had LeBron's athleticism. I don't know. I feel like that'd be kind of scary. It would be. I completely agree. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, gosh. And if if we're going on any player of all time, I could say I want Larry Bird with LeBron's athleticism. I feel like that would probably be the GOAT. I feel like that would be the best player of all time. Yeah, because, I I mean, like stick Larry in the NBA right now. I think he's dropping 25-30. Stick a guy like I Magic think Johnson. Larry would be Luca, basically. I don't know, man. I don't. I don't know how Magic Johnson was just basically Ben Simmons. Like, oh damn, the no, Magic Johnson hate. It's hot. That's that's hyping hot. I do think that Larry Bird would definitely have way more success than anybody I else mean, from the period. I don't think that's hot. I don't think that's a hot take. Because he's I got the think... skill set, and well, the, 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 they're not the same, but even probably better than a lot of NBA players now. Like just the, the stuff he was doing, like the clips there are of him just going shooting it from behind the backboard in the middle of a game. Yeah. Or didn't he? Didn't he play a game with like his left hand, and he had like 35. just his left hand, literally just his left hand, which yeah, is the dude was ridiculous. Being able to do that, and like he was such a competitor too. Yeah, uh, we have to do a segment where we talk about the best trash talkers of all time because I think we could just talk about Larry for. Mm-hmm. Like a long time, but recording, yeah. But all right, well, that was a fun segment. You guys have anything else to add? Well, so we could say, Who do we think had the best player? So you said Boban with Curry shooting, Geo said Iverson with LeBron's height, and then I said Luca with LeBron's athleticism. So if we had to choose, who do we think is the best out of those, or who do we think would have like the most success? Luca with LeBron's athleticism, yeah, I'm taking that too, yeah. <laughs> I think one. I think that would be good. I would be very interested to see, honestly, both years, but I'd be very interested to see an, a world where Allen Iverson is six foot eight, 250 pounds. So I feel like that would be ridiculous. Um, He's already but, dunking on people. At, yeah, like, exactly. So at six, eight. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah, I feel like that would be good. Down with John Wall's athleticism. He's taking. Yeah, was already a goat. So imagine yeah. if he had that athleticism. The bounce to go with it. Basically, touch the back of the top of the back. That's a 360 layup package. Oh, Lord. I imagine a 7 6 man coming down the lane doing a 360 layup. Doing like a hop step into like a, a switch to the left and go back to the right. And then step. he throws up gang signs after he scores on you. That would be insane. Bad tattoos and shit. All right. Well, that was a fun segment. We're going to be back talking about NBA draft, talking about free agency, specifically with the Celtics. So stay tuned. Hey guys, we're back, and uh, for the next topic, we're going to talk about the uh, the NBA draft, and each of us are going to give one team that we thought did particularly well. And so I'll go first, and I'll say that the Houston Rockets had a, a pretty good draft, you know, being in that number three spot with a top three heavy draft, you know, you don't know how that's going to always shake out, and especially towards the latter part, the odds as to who was going to be number one changed all of a sudden. And I think the person that the Rockets really wanted uh, fell to them at number three out of those top three guys, being Paolo and then Chet and Jabari. So getting Jabari at three is uh, the exact person that they wanted. They didn't have to move up. So honestly, great for them. And the only 
negative that I could say is you just don't know how the top three are going to turn out. You know, maybe that was the right pick, maybe not. But they got their guy, and they're confident in that. So I think they had a good draft. Yeah, I feel like you can't really go wrong like with any of those three guys. And for the longest time, Jabari was looked at as the number one pick. So I don't really know what happened. Uh, the you know the coming weeks before the draft, but I thought it was I thought it was consensus Jabari, Chet, and Paolo, and then all of a sudden, like a couple of days before the draft, Paolo Paolo switched with yeah with Jabari. So that's interesting. But like Gio said, there's you really can't go wrong with that pick at three. And if you look at the last two years, the Rockets have like seven draft picks in the last two years. So if they can do something with that young core, then they you know. These last two drafts would be very crucial, but they could work out in their favor. So, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, gotta... yeah, no, I, I think the uh, Pistons for sure was uh, the winners for me, um, especially just because Jaden Ivey, in my opinion, was like he could have went top three if they if they needed a guard, um, if those teams True. needed guards, uh, but they they didn't. Uh, the Magic don't need guards, the Rockets don't need guards, and I don't think the Thunder need guards either. So. <clears throat> And for the Pistons, especially for a team that's like, you know, they're officially like really starting to get in their rebuild. Like that was a really good pick for them, especially not, you know, or well, Keegan Murray could have been there, but the whole thing with Jaden Ivey and holding out or not necessarily holding out, but not making it clear that he didn't want to go to Sacramento. I think obviously, you know, that helps out Detroit a little bit, but also the uh, Jalen Duran trade, picking him up and Kemba. Yeah. I know Kemba, obviously that's just going to be a guy that'll sit in your bench and take up contract money, but that means that they're going to have a huge, they're going to have a lot of salary um, open when, once his contract's up. And I think that's in like a year, two years, something like that. Um, and Jalen Duran was like a top three, top four center in the draft. So, you know, I, I think that the Pistons for sure were, were the winners for me, but what do you, what do you think, Cam? Yeah, no, I think those picks are great. I think they obviously got rid of Jeremy Grant and sent him over to uh, the Trailblazers. So they're definitely, like you mentioned, in full on rebuild mode. And I think, um, I think Jaden Ivey has – I think I think John Morant having a great season, uh, Jaden Ivey was the biggest beneficiary of that because now people are comparing him to a John Morant-type player, and then he was very highly regarded in the draft. So yeah. I think his upside is amazing. The team that I'm picking is the Pelicans. So they picked up Dyson Daniels, Australian, played in the G League. Uh, 6'6", so he's a pretty big guard, and I think he's a good fit for that team. And I think in the G League, I looked at his stats, he averaged like 12 points a game, but he also averaged seven and a half rebounds and like over five assists. So he's kind of shown he can do it all. I think he has to improve offensively in the aspect of like scoring and uh, getting to his spots and creating shots for himself. But he's definitely a very skilled player, a bigger guard, which is like what really a lot of guards are like in the NBA now. You look at, you know, SGA and Jante Murray, all those guys are like bigger, lengthier, lengthier guards like himself. So I think that was a good pick for them and they also got ej liddell i think in uh like pick like 41 or 42 um who was looked at as like in a lot of mock drafts like a top 20 pick 20 to 25 in that range he's a great player from ohio state he's a little bit older i think he was a senior so i guess that made teams want to pass up on him but to get a guy like that at 41 when he was supposed to go around the 20 range i think is a steal for them uh a little baby zion action and i think I think the Pelicans have a really good thing going. I think they have a lot of good young talent. So what do you boys think about, uh, you know, their team and the picks that they got? I mean, I definitely agree, especially if, you know, they're one of those teams, if, if Zion can stay healthy and if they're, you know, their core guys, Brandon Ingram, 
they can stay healthy. Like I think they're going definitely can be a really competitive team in the West. I don't think they'll necessarily put it all together in the first year, but I think that within the coming years, I, that team is going to be a scary team to match up with in the West. Um, just cause you know, the star power they have, I mean, you know, Zion isn't necessarily all, all that right now, but we've seen the pictures of him cut. Like he slimmed down a lot. Like I think he did. He's no longer fat, no longer fat Zion anymore. And I mean, you know, Brandon Ingram really showed and he kind of, he showed that I think I think it was his first All Star appearance this year or the year before that something like that. But yeah, I know he did really good. He's, he's shown he's shown they can be an elite level scorer. Um, and they have McCollum. So, yeah, McCollum they have McCollum too. Well. That's just that's just a solid three point shooter. That's that's just a proven solid three point shooter. And they have I think they still have Valanciunas too, right? Yeah, Valanciunas yeah, and uh, Jackson, Jackson Jackson Hayes is a good young big. So um, just I, they just have a I, they have they have a reasonably young tier. Well, or well rounded team. Yeah, um, I did want to quickly. I don't know what your guys' opinion is on this. Uh, Tori mentioned uh, the Pistons, you know, being able to get Jaden Ivey because he basically told Sacramento, "I don't want to go to you." I feel like a lot of people are kind of disrespecting Keegan Murray because he was the guy that they ended up going with over Jaden Ivey, and even like I remember, it was like the top three picks, and then Jaden Ivey, and then like they got into a picture. And like the NBA posted it, and they're like, "Oh, top picks of the draft," but like they totally left out Keegan Murray. Nobody's talking about Keegan Murray. I mean, this is a guy that was arguably the best scorer in college basketball. He averaged like almost twenty-four points a game in a very solid conference. So I, although it's very intriguing, the athleticism and the the upside that Jaden Ivey has, I think they didn't like. I wouldn't say the Pistons just destroyed their draft by going with Keegan Murray instead. I think in the long run, maybe you're going to look at it and be like, damn, like we could have had Jaden Ivey, but I don't think necessarily that Keegan Murray is going to be a guy that you're like, oh, he's a bust. Like, I think he's going to be a good player. I don't know what you guys think about that and the, the disrespect that he's kind of been getting. I mean, I think it's pretty, it happens a lot with a lot of the Kings picks in the past as True, they yeah. haven't always worked out where you have like Marvin Bagley's of the world and, Harry Giles at one point, but they've also had a couple of good guys too, like Tyrese Halliburton. That was a great pick. Fox, Fox I mean, yeah. he's been good, but just not the pieces around. So I don't know. I mean, looking at them and in their future, I think each time that they, Keegan Murray, I think he'll be solid. And hopefully at one point they'll they'll find that one piece that will get them finally to the playoffs as it's been so long but yeah i think this could be it yeah I'm, i i mean I, I definitely agree with geo there i mean we i don't know nobody's mentioned demonis sabonis is on the kings i completely forgot that too I'm not gonna lie yeah that. true that was the that was the that was the halliburton trade to the pages which i mean i don't think they should have traded halliburton away because he is a bucket he is really shining in, in indiana so you know, obviously getting the score like Keegan Murray and like like you said, he was probably I mean you know one of the best scores in uh, college basketball. So pairing that with De'Aaron Fox, who's you know shifty, probably the quickest point guard in the league. Um, then you have Demar Sabonis, who's a huge, I mean, very skilled big. He's probably one of the most skilled bigs in the league. And I mean, like you guys said, if they can find that one other piece, if if you know some of those draft picks that they had in the past, like Marvin Bagley, can they if they start to shine like. It'll definitely be interesting to see uh, how that works. I don't. I don't think the Kings will be a bottom of the barrel team for. Uh, I don't think it'll be like. I feel like they've been a bottom of the barrel team for. I don't know, for as long as I've followed the NBA. Um, 
since I mean, like the Demarcus, the Demarcus Cousins days, they didn't even like they barely scratched the surface of the playoffs. Like, yeah, did they even make the playoffs with him? I don't even know. No, I don't think they ever did. I yeah, they, like, they had the like Harry Evans, Dar- Darren Collison. Yeah, it's like it all depends on if they can start developing players because that's the thing. Like, you can get drafted by one team and you can be amazing, but you could be the same player and get drafted by a team like the Kings or other teams that don't don't bring up talent well. Me and TH talked about this once, like the Lakers, we don't think they, they're very good at like bringing up young talent. So it really just depends on, on like, you know, the luck of the draw of what team you get drafted by. So hopefully they can start to kind of turn around uh, their franchise and like kind of what they're known for. Everyone kind of makes fun of the Kings for being a crappy franchise, but now they have the young talent. So if they can put it together, then uh, I think that'll be good for them. But any other thoughts on the draft before we move on to free agency? Um, no, I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm interested. It's this draft is the most intriguing draft for me and that's definitely in recent years, just in terms of there's so many unproven, I think they're proven prospects, but at the same time, like, yeah, Jeff Holmgren, I don't think like, he's not like a guaranteed, like, like great or not. I wouldn't say greatest player of all time, but he's not going to be a guaranteed all-star, you know, mm-hmm. like Paolo may not ever, I, I I think Paulo is definitely like the biggest what if. Um, rather than Chet and Jabbar, I feel like they're kind of more, you know, I, I don't know. That's just my opinion. But Paulo with yeah. the whole ramping, sweating type deal, like, and he's going to be playing <laughs> Orlando, Florida. Like, yeah, Orlando is another team that doesn't develop young players yeah, well. So, they're, that's they're yeah. so, you know, they're, I don't really see him, you know, going off of recent, you know, memory and stuff. I don't really see him flourishing like that, but it'll be very interesting to see. So, yeah. Yeah. I also, I almost forgot, uh, Tori, you wanted to talk a little bit about the Celtics pick. I think it was like 40 something. I don't even remember what oh, pick yeah. they had. Oh, yeah. Jay Davidson. Jay Davidson yeah. is definitely, um, it'll be very interesting to see if he cracks the rotation this year or if he just sticks in the G League because, you know, he's a late second round pick. So, um, you know, our, I, I think, was Pritchard a late second round pick or was he a first round pick? First. I think he was late first. First. Yeah. I was going to say, I think he was late first. But I mean, um, the Celtics are notorious for, you know, their rookies not really getting in the lineup. I mean, Romeo had been injured, but he never really cracked the lineup. We see Naismith or Neesmith, whatever his name is, hasn't really cracked the lineup. He has moments where he goes in and I think he plays well, but then he just doesn't really get the opportunity. I don't know if that's uh, like just the way the team, team is built or the way that they coach, but I, mean, I don't know. After guards yeah. too. I mean, we drafted Carson Edwards. Yeah. And we drafted Tremont Waters as well. Like good guards out of college, but it's just, I think it's just hard to, to crack this rotation. I, I think it's just, it's so filled at that spot for the Celtics, you know. So I would have liked to see them snatch a big, but it is what it is. But we could actually start getting into that. So free agency, big news actually that just dropped uh, as we're actually making the podcast right now. Bradley Beal outside of his, outside uh, of his decision with the Wizards. So, I mean, there's a bunch of different options. For the Celtics, they could keep the team the same way it is and just run it back. They can try to make some moves. What do you guys think they should do? And what are some guys that you think they should have their eye on? Uh, personally, I feel like, you know, I, we were talking about it before. I feel like they should definitely run this team back. Um, a veteran center or some some another veteran center, not necessarily exactly like Al Horford because I don't think there's any veteran centers in the league like Al Horford left. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. He's just like a – he's different. Uh but you know, somebody like I wouldn't necessarily like an Ennis Cantor, maybe like a, 
Hassan Whiteside or somebody that just knows that has been in the league for a little while. Like I know Tice is like, you know, he's is our backup big, but he's six eight. And we saw that get abused against Milwaukee. We saw that get get abused against uh the Warriors because they only had Kevon Looney run center. So whenever Tice is in there, Kevon Looney would outboard the outboard everything. So um I just think that that's one of the bigger things for us, uh, acquiring one of the a bench piece big uh, veteran. But, you know, the whole Bradley Beal situation, I don't really see that ever – or not ever working out, but I don't see that working out in a way that will keep the, te- keep the team chemistry the same that it's been. Because um, if you take a guy like Jalen Brown completely out of this lineup, they just went through the entirety of the playoffs with each other. Like, I just think that's going to F up a lot of different things. Um, but, you know, what, what do you guys think about that? Um, well, looking at Bradley Beal and him opting out, I just wanted to see what his options were, so I just looked it up, and he can sign a five-year max contract to remain with Washington, or he can go elsewhere on a four-year max contract, but I think the five-year max that he'd be getting with the Wizards would be a, a lot more money, not only just because of five years, but each year he'll make more because he's stuck with the team the whole time, and he's been about his money pretty much his whole career, so... I'm really not – I don't put too much into him opting out because there's a good chance he'll just get a big contract again and stay with the Wizards. But honestly, with having Brown and Tatum and then if there was Beal, I don't know how the Beal trade would work and if we would have to give up Brown, but if there was a way that we didn't have to give up Brown and that could be like our big three, then I think that would be so dangerous. But I have no clue how that would work and with contracts and all that, whether we could fit him. But if we were able to get that big three and, you know, depending on who our center is and, and all that, I mean, that's three stars that I don't think many teams would want to go up against. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree. I think it's definitely going to – you're going to have to talk to Bradley Beal and say, look, I mean – is he going to take a pay cut to, to, you know, finally try to be a contender and make the playoffs? I'm not sure. Joe mentioned he's been about that money his whole career, so it could just continue to be like that. Um, but even if he does come to the Celtics, I think even if they're able to keep Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, they're going to have to give up somebody that they don't want to give up, whether it be Marcus Smart and, like, say, like a Pritchard and, like, some picks or something. But well. – yeah, so like they're gonna have to give something up for him that I don't know if they're gonna want to give up, but even if they do end up doing it, you're gonna have to, to have sit a uh, sit down with all three of those players and say, look, we get it. You guys want the ball in your hands. You want to be guys that go out there and score twenty five to twenty eight points a night, but something's got to give. And I don't see all three players like their play styles are just a little bit too similar for me for me to think that if we were to add Bradley Beal, it would be like the most amazing thing. Obviously it'd be three great players, but they're basically three scorers. Like that's what they do. So I don't know if like fit wise, it would be the best. And if they do do it, like I said, they're going to have to decide like, all right, we're like, somebody's going to have to take a step back and be like, okay with being that third option. I don't know who it would be. I think Jason Tatum is going to obviously be one. And then it's going to be between Beal and Jalen Brown, if that does happen, um, for who's willing to take the step back. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I think they could they could be good. I think they could work it out. I mean, they're all professionals, but I don't know. I, I just don't – yeah. Like, I just don't know if, if Beal is the best fit. Some guys that I do see 
uh, getting talked about is like DeJounte Murray, Malcolm Brogdon, Alonzo Ball, guys like that. I think you wouldn't have to give up as much. And I think they might like fit a little bit better uh, with what the Celtics got going on. So are there, are there any of those guys, like guys that you guys would want to see uh, the Celtics try and pick up or? Lonzo for sure would be like, if they could target one guy, target Lonzo. Cause that's just like another guard that can give you straight. He's a straight up facilitator. Like, yeah, he has that athleticism. He can shoot the clip. He can shoot a little bit, but like. Yeah. And defensively. Playmaking. And defensively, he's a very good, he's, he's like a six, five guard, six, yeah. six point guard, something like that. So, I mean, he, he would match up really well with uh, certain players in the league, the players that I don't think Marcus Smart necessarily matches up well with. Um, yeah. But I just think that'd be a great uh, addition to the Celtics. But what do you guys think? I agree. I think that's what we need. Honestly, I would rather take one of those guys than Bradley Beal. Yes. Yeah, um, Bradley Beal is like a big name. But I think DeJounte Murray, too, coming off an all-star season, he's not going to be easy to get. Definitely multiple first to get him. But, yeah, I saw a trade package, and I don't even know if this is realistic because all these Instagram accounts, it's it's like some of the most unrealistic trades I've ever seen. But one that I did see was, I think it was Pritchard, Naismith, and three first-round picks for DeJounte Murray. So I don't know like if that's something that we'd be willing to do. Three first-round picks is a lot. So if it's like we're in like a win-now, we want a win-now type situation, I say they pull the trigger. If not, and they want to keep developing, like Pritchard's a decent player, Naismith, I don't know what their deal is with him or what they want to try to do with him. But I think it's just all going to come down to does, does Brad and does the Celtics front office want to make a play to win now or keep the team the way it is and just run it back? Because I, I don't I think – Yeah, I would too. I think it would be worth it. But other than obviously Brown and Tatum, who it's kind of hard to screw up a top three pick, I feel like the Celtics aren't the best drafting team, if I'm being honest. And Grant Williams panned out. He was pretty good. Robert Williams has been good, but, I mean, he gets injured a lot. But he's a great player. But other than that, I feel like they have so many guys that they draft that they end up doing nothing with. So when you're a team that isn't, like, I guess the greatest at drafting talent, then you kind of have to pull that trigger and give away some draft picks to get a guy that you know. Is, is able to be that guy, like a guy like DeJounte or Alonzo or something like that. So, and I know the Spurs one. I mean, I don't know if you guys have seen that prospect, Victor William Bonner, whatever his name is. Um, he's like a 7 2, like center who can. Oh, the guy from France? Yeah, the I think that the Spurs are going to tank for him. I think everyone to, is. Yeah, everyone who everyone who's shitty is going to tank for him because he looks him. great. Like, uh, he looks insane. He looks like Gobert with like offensive skill, basically. With offensive skill, of shot, like just everything. Yeah, I'm excited for that next year for sure. But do you guys feel like the Celtics need to make like any other moves other than like Tori mentioned getting like an established kind of like veteran big, and then getting more of a a ball handler point guard for the team? Is that like? I mean, I feel like everything else we kind of have. You know, I don't think they really have to make any other types of moves or anything, but. I don't think the big is the big would of course would be nice, but I don't think it's necessary. I think that guard, mm-hmm. that guard that can run the offense and yeah. fit into our defense and not be a negative on defense that that can still be our calling card. That's exactly what we're looking for. And I think that after all these years, since like 2017, 2018, when we got beat by LeBron in Game Seven, and 
We've gotten so close so many times, so many conference finals appearances, and we finally made it to the finals. We were two games away. You can you can tell that we are right there. We have it. Mm-hmm. So, Brad, it's the turnovers, I feel like though. It's the turnovers, definitely, which can all be partially fixed by a good point guard. And exactly. I think Jalen Brown and Tatum are coming into their best years, you know, being 24 and 25. You know, this is when they're really going to be uh, a threat to the rest of the league. And this is what the Celtics have been waiting for. You've gone through a lot. You've tried it over and over and over. I think this is the one time that we have something. So I don't see why we wouldn't we wouldn't pull the trigger. And who cares about the draft picks at the end of the day? We have a exactly, team that yeah. can win it all right now. So, so I also want to um, talk a little bit about, like, other – free agent stuff happening other than just what's going on with the Celtics. One big one is the Jalen Brunson thing. Um, It's not confirmed, but reports have said that I think tomorrow, so Thursday, um, he's expected to accept an offer to play for the New York Knicks. Tori, you mentioned like what the contract was, but it was something like 120, 130 mil for four or five years, something like that. A lot of money. Um, It's a very Knicks thing to do. Jalen Brunson's never been an all-star. He's a good player. Like, don't get me wrong. Um, But it's just unfortunate to me because I was just getting ready to kind of start hyping up the Mavs because they, they, you know, made it to the conference finals. Lucas showed that he's that guy and they signed Christian Wood, a good big. I think that could have like changed their team and made them, you know, real nearly contenders. And now it's like Jalen Brunson's leaving to be part of the Knicks and the Knicks just aren't good. So what do you guys think about that whole situation that's going on? Um, honestly, they kind of the Knicks targeted Jalen Brunson like Michael Jordan in the offseason. They dumped like <laughs> players, four different players. They they dumped their first round pick in Jalen Duran and Kemba Walker to you know pick him up, which is like I get I understand that you have that confidence in a guy that is really coming into his role as a playmaker. Um, but at the end of the day, is that money? Worth a guy that really hasn't necessarily proved him proven himself. Like I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think so. But what do you guys think? Well, um, <laughs> the Hawks just acquired Dejounte Murray, so we can take him. They off. did. Oh wow! Yeah, no so way. that one's multiple first rounders, Gallinari. So that's big. Yeah, no though, more Dejounte. Like, Trey and Dejounte. I mean, I'm interested to see how that works out. Defensive and offensive backcourt. Did they keep? Did they keep um, Collins? Did they keep Collins? Yeah, uh, I think so. Dang, that's going to be a good. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. That's, yeah. Right here. So that's all they had to give up. So I'm interested what the Celtics would have had to give up because all they gave up was Gallinari <laughs> in three firsts and then a pick swap. So basically, Gallinari in three first. Could they have got it done with? Pritchard in three first. I don't know, but dang. Yeah, All right. Last person that, that the Celtics can get. Yeah. That's crazy. And um, one other big thing, too, is uh, John Wall joining the, the Clippers. Mm-hmm. I think that, I mean, it's been, we haven't really seen the Clippers with their, their players playing. Kawhi was out all of last year. PG 13 missed basically, basically the whole year as well. John Wall missed as well the whole year. So it's three guys that are not used to playing 
let alone playing together. So I'm interested to see how that goes. But I think just based off roster construction and skill set, I think the Clippers are the best team in the West. Um, if anyone thinks that another team's better or that that's not true, I don't know. But I, I personally think the Clippers are, are really set to win it next year or at least make a run. If they stay healthy, yes, 100%. No yeah. But, yeah, no, I agree with that. I, I'm interested to see what type of John Wall we're going to see just because it's been a while. I know Kawhi, when he's, he'll be back, maybe not to the absolute peak that he was with the Raptors, but I think he'll be right about there. I don't see Paul George slowing down. But John Wall, it's not that he's not going to fit with those guys because he doesn't – he needs the ball in his hands, but he's a facilitator and a passer, so not a problem for the offense. But – um I don't know, just to see it. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. Interesting. No, it's, I think that's going to be a fun team uh, to watch. I think one other big, you know, I mean, free agency's just starting. I mean, Gio just broke that DeJounte Murray news, but there's more of that to come for sure. I'm interested to see, like, what, what happens with the Jazz, if they figure it out or if they decide to trade their pieces. I don't know, like DeAndre Ayton, that's another big one. Um, DeAndre so I guess we can – Watch it. Watch the other. You think you think Detroit? Yep. Yeah, I think Detroit. I've I've seen Hawks too. If they, I mean, now that the Hawks got Dejounte, if they can get uh, Aiden as well for like Capella, that would be an insane team. Yeah, and then I don't know what like what teams do you guys think would fit with like uh, Donovan Mitchell or like Rudy Gobert? I know I've seen a lot of Donovan Mitchell to Miami. And I saw a lot of Donovan Mitchell to the Knicks, but if they get Jalen Brunson, obviously that's not going to happen. They just wasted all their money. So, what the do you guys? Miami for sure. Miami, um, yeah, that would be as a Celtics Miami. fan, that's scary. But it's scary just because like they already had like they have if they just add one more All Star level scorer, like that's going to be insane. Like Jimmy Butler and Donovan Mitchell on the same team is that's 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 a lot of heart in court. So yeah, they're definitely. Like, and that's why I think as much as I'm inclined to say, like, oh, yeah, the Celtics are fine where they are, the other team around them are getting better. So if they don't make any moves, then I'm afraid that's what's going to, you know, that's going to cause them to not be able to make it back. So I think they need to continue getting better like every other team is getting better. So um, what about you, Jill? What do you think Donovan Mitchell uh, would be able to fit I well? Think Miami. I think Miami is the destination if, they can't work it out in Utah, but it's it's kind of sad to see that Utah, they've been pretty good in the regular season for a couple of years now, but they've just had heartbreaking playoff losses in the in the first round. I don't even know if they've gotten out of the first round. If they did, then they had a heartbreaking second round. So Yeah, I don't think so. I, I just don't think that team is going to win or make it to the finals and win it. I just don't. I just don't see it. I think it's just a regular season team. So, honestly, for Donovan Mitchell and his career and what he wants to do, I think it's best for him to, to move on as tough as it is. And Miami's a great place for that. They have the culture. They just made it to the conference finals. They were the best team in the East, record-wise. So, I think Miami would be great for Donovan Mitchell. As for Rudy Gobert, I'm not sure what teams, but he could definitely uh, definitely benefit a lot of teams around the league, more so than Charlotte. I think I've seen – I've seen Charlotte and I've seen uh, Raptors, which, mm-hmm. by the way, all these good players are coming to the East. I don't know how I feel about that, but Celtics. 
Elite defensive yeah. center. I'm just kidding. He'll never come. Yeah, Ooh. Gobert. I don't like Gobert on the Celtics because I think he just slows that, everything down. It slows the entire entire offense down. The entirety of yeah. it. Like he plays like an like an old like like a seventies center, you know. Yeah. Big body that can I mean, I think him. he's good. Like I think he can help yeah. a team, but just sure, not the Celtics. <laughs> I think that like a team like the, the Hornets with like a guy like Lamella Ball is gonna take over offensively. Yeah. But they just got Mark Williams. I almost chose them for the team that had the good draft because I really like Mark Williams with Lamella Ball. I think that that's gonna be good. But Mark Williams is a great center. But that's yeah. another free agent that is another kind of big name. Well, not huge name, but Miles Bridges. Like, you don't know what he's going to do. Um, Maybe he goes to Atlanta know. or Detroit. I don't know. Maybe Detroit. I've seen – I saw – yeah, I saw a couple of Miles Bridges to Detroit uh, talks, but I don't know. Do we think LeBron's going to get any help? I know uh, Kyrie almost went to L.A., and then that didn't end up working out. So they had to – What he did with his contract, it might make it easier for them to – Structure a deal to send him to LA. So I mean, that's true. Yeah, it's not over. Who knows? But I, I honestly, I don't think. I think LeBron is. I think it's over. Yeah. LeBron. Oh, another big one was I know you guys saw uh, Damian Lillard stirring the pot a little bit and Katie. posting a Photoshop picture with of Katie in a Blazers jersey. What they do you guys think about that? We could have had him, but they drafted Greg Oden instead. So you know. Yeah, that's kind of sad. A little rough, yeah, but the Trailblazers before the Trailblazers before Lillard was another one of those teams that doesn't really uh they passed up on their, Jordan. Their draft picks don't go very they, well. Yeah. They passed up on a lot of really good players and drafted no names that never did anything. Yeah. I hope KD goes to the Blazers. I think that'd be fun. I'd be very because I, I like Damian Lillard, so yeah. And that'd be crazy. I mean that, that offensive firepower, that's just that's that's crazy. But you know. yeah. Any other like big names or any other news that you guys want to talk about, uh, free agency wise? Or no, I think it's just a great start to free agency, and I'm excited to see where it goes tonight, tomorrow. I mean, I think stuff's going to be dropping all the time, so so yeah, we're gonna have a lot to talk about for sure. Sure. Exactly, come back with with a lot more news, Mm -hmm. definitely. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for listening. We'll definitely be back, like we said, talking about more free agency stuff. Hopefully next time we're on, we're saying, wow, we're glad the Celtics made that move. But we'll see what happens. We'll see if Brad can uh, make some magic happen. But until then, uh, we'll see you next time. And thank you for listening. Later. Peace. Thank you for listening.